This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. There are very few things in life that I am absolutely certain of. Um, this chick does not like me. Oh, don't be such a lay down lair. I'm, I'm not being a lay down Larry. It's just like me saying that uh, I'll never go to the moon and I'm all right with that too. You don't want to go to the moon? Bullshit. No, I'm saying that I never will go to the moon um, and that's fine because I never expected to. You don't know that. Technology and stuff, you just might go to the moon. He's right. No, that, this girl is like hot. If you thought these guys spent every waking hour of their lives doing manly things like watching sports while yelling at their TVs, shaving with straight razors, and revving their V8 truck engines, well, yeah, think again. It's time for Mackie and Judd to turn in their man cars. This is Rom-Com Rewind. Obviously, this is very manly. I love Kirk, but let's face it, the guy's a five. Staying in that's just a dirty pool. It's at least six. Six? Come on, cut him some slack. Look, half a point because he's a nice guy, right? And he's funny, so that's half a point each. That brings him to six. Devin's right. Meanwhile, this Molly is a hard ten. And that five-point disparity, that is a chasm. Chasm? Chasm. And you can't jump more than two points. Come on now, bro. Play the man, not the pump. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. The player that I was screaming at is a forward, but for some reason he keeps hanging back at the blue line with all the defensemen. But you realize that they're hanging back right now because they're trying to kill a power play. Uh, that is exactly what's happening. Oh, good. Yeah. Dude, she knows a strange amount about hockey. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She's out of my league. One of the great sports movies of 2010, gentlemen. <laughs> it's amazing how sports and rom-coms keep intersecting for us in these in these movie review shows. Pittsburgh must be a cheap place to shoot films, or was because we we had a see, was Cincinnati unavailable. Like, well, we, we had a. Uh, it feels like a strange amount of films shot in Pittsburgh for like a, a three year period. It's like I would never think of you know where we should shoot this film Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, maybe they had some nice tax breaks or something. That's what I'm really thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's exactly what I'm thinking. So uh, this is Romcom Rewind, part of the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise, action movie rewind, sports movie rewind, and uh, Romcom Rewind. In this week's deep dive, she's out of my league. A 2010 romantic comedy, and uh, it's presented by our friends at Dennis Kirk. Quite possibly the most opposite thing you could find to rom-coms, but they're comfortable in their masculinity at DennisKirk.com. They have 160,000 parts and accessories. If you like to ride, Dennis Kirk is here for you. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. Uh, DennisKirk.com, when the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. Now that we've got the manly stuff out of the way, boys. Let's turn in our man cards. I'm sure they're thrilled to be tied into rom com. <laughs> they're like, this is what Dennis Kirk always wanted. We need the rom com. That's right. All right. Here's the summary of She's Out of My League Kirk is an average guy stuck in a dead end job. Can't believe his luck when a gorgeous, successful woman named Molly falls in love with him. With no help from his stunned friends, relatives, and ex girlfriend, Kirk must figure out how to make this unlikely relationship work, even though he's the first to admit that Molly is way beyond him. You might say Molly is way out of his league. 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus says she's out of my league, has moments of humor and insight, but it's bogged down by excessive vulgarity and cartoonishness. $20 million budget turned into $50 million at the box office. A lot of people acted in this movie. I've basically never heard of any of them, oh. so I'm not even going to give you the list. Oh, uh, I'm sure Declan has. Yeah, right in his the wheelhouse. Sta- the Stainer guy, if you T.J. Miller, look it up. Had, yeah, he had some. Seen him in a few things. Yeah, he's, yeah, he had he's, some, he's probably the most he prominent. Some, he had some subsequent uh, problems, I think, with the Me Too movement as well. Oh, good for good for him for being a creep. All right, uh, so let's start with 
I just want to say, I told this to Declan off microphone. Mm-hmm. I had never, I don't know if I've ever even heard of this movie. Certainly mm-hmm. never seen it. Mm-hmm. I took more notes about this movie than almost any movie that we've reviewed in any of the three genres of Mackie and Jeb movie reviews. I have takes for days on this movie. We'll Love start it. with Judd. What was your main takeaway of She's Out of My League? My main takeaway was, and this is going to sound, the first part's going to sound weird against the second part of what I say, but my main takeaway was I've seen this film about a thousand times. I've seen it done better about 995 times (laughs) because as Phil said, the problem, the problem is actually it's not length. The length is fine. What? Whoa, hold on, breaking yeah, news. Break, yeah. Breaking it, it news, Judd Zolgad is fine with the length of the It didn't bother movie. me. I, I've been fine with the length of about three films, and this one was fine. The, the uh, takeaway, though, was I've seen this film done a thousand times, and 995 times the actors, the they've at least gotten... John Cusack, who is who in that main role would have been phenomenal. Like the guy was fine. He tried hard. But but there are so many actors that I've seen played that role and do it really well. Yeah. And this guy was he played it. He was so stereotypical of the role that it really didn't do much for me. Um, All of that being said. So, I mean, the the film was a microwave rom-com we've seen it before it's okay it's fine but i actually the weird thing about this is and i don't know why because at 51 i shouldn't i've always enjoyed films like this so like i didn't hate it i i didn't sit there saying this is stupid i don't like i'm just saying like if you think about the actors that have done that main role or been the supporting friend there have been a lot of really good ones who do it really well, and I thought the guys that they got were okay, but they were okay. They they didn't take it to a different place, and and so like the predictability of the script is not surprising. Like you know what the script yeah. is. Yeah. Um. It's the actors who either lift the script or they don't, and in this case, these guys didn't really lift the script. All right, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to decide right now. So I have my main takeaway, which I will unleash here in a second. But you just hit on, like, you just tap danced all over my least favorite thing of this movie. And so I'm trying to decide, should I just go with that now and piggyback? I think I'm going to. I'm just going to piggyback off what you just said. It's our franchise, damn it. So so (laughs) my least favorite thing off of Judd's main takeaway is that this movie was written for Seth Rogen. I'm I'm not reporting this. Like This movie was written for Seth Rogen to star in it. But Seth Rogen had already done this movie like three or four times. He he did uh, Knocked Up like three years earlier, which I believe the main uh, – the guy who played Kirk was also in yep. Knocked Up as one of yeah. his friends. So he so it's like he graduated – like they wanted to do Knocked Up. And Knocked Up had Katherine Heigl mm-hmm. and had Seth Rogen and other peripheral stars, right? Like Paul and Rudd up, was Paul in, in it. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly right. Like mm-hmm. they needed the schleppy sort of loser guy, and they needed some way for him to connect with this out-of-his-league woman, right? And in Knocked Up, it was they, they get drunk and do drugs and hook up, and she gets pregnant, and that's how they're connected throughout the rest of the movie. In this case, it doesn't even make sense how they're connected, but we'll get to some of that stuff later. So I'm with you, Joe. We can dive more into this later. But, like, if you replace the lead actor with Seth Rogen, this movie is ten times, like, better at the box office. It works better. It makes more sense because Seth Rogen is the underdog schleppy guy that's still funny enough, charismatic enough, and confident enough to land a woman like that. But but this movie, this is my main takeaway. This I loved watching this movie. And I'm glad that we reviewed this movie. And I'm glad. And I'm I'm a I am a sommelier of rom coms. And I am glad that we found a flavor of rom com here, a, a brand of rom com that I have not yet indulged in. And so for that, I am grateful. Thank you, Declan, for bringing this movie to our attention. This movie infuriates me. Is my main takeaway because movies like this give false hope to normal, boring guys thinking they can land a woman like that. Okay, you will not land a woman that beautiful without one of these four qualities. Confidence, humor, money, or incredible looks. You have to have one of those four qualities or you will not, If, as they say in the movie, there's too much of a chasm, a gap. If you're a five and she's a ten looks-wise, you need to be funny, you need to be rich, you need to be uh, super confident in some way. And, like, this dude was – like, this woman had NHL hockey players fawning over her, okay? She walks – 
through TSA security at the airport and can literally handpick any guy she wants to go on a date with. And she chooses the normal guy TSA agent who's not funny, he's not confident, he's not good-looking, he's not rich. I mean, she would have bolted after five seconds in real life in any of the scenarios in which they were together. And so, like, the fact that this movie provides hope to normal guys, that they can land a woman like that, is really a shame, and it's a detriment on society. And that's my main takeaway. Can I defend it for one second, though, off of your point? Because most of us... As, as a fellow guy who outkicked his coverage? Yeah, but... Yes, can I, can, no, no, no. Actually the, actually, the writers attempt to do at least explain this part, so I'd like to defend them. Oh, Roger Ebert. Okay. She was, <laughs> she was coming off breaking up from super hot guy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the explanation of – now, I agree. The relationship wouldn't last, and, and like, w- when he freaks out the first time on her, I think they're done. But at least they tried to explain it as sh- she was trying to find a nice guy. Now, I, I thought that that was really more of a friend zone type of thing between them. But nonetheless, at least they didn't have no reason why she wouldn't like a guy who was sort of a schlep for, for a very short time. Yeah, like, toward the end of the movie, like, her dialogue was – because he was like, why would you like doesn't he's even saying like this doesn't make any sense. Why would you be with me? And she's like, well, you won't break my heart. Right. right. That was her line. So I'll give him credit but, for that. But there's a but my issue with that is, yeah, he's not going to break your heart because he's like five levels below you on the date ladder. But there's got to be someone who's better looking, who's more confident, oh, who's yeah. more funny or who has more money. That's between where he is and where her ex-boyfriend is. Mm-hmm. And I I actually just couldn't get over that. Like it, it we'll we'll get to the final rating at some point. But. The, the whole they needed some sort of better hook for why they were together in the first place, which which we can get to as well. But the, enti- the, the entire okay. thing. But before you go, Dex, the entire thing felt like they basically were if they if the tears of of people who write these scripts are like high school, college and like graduate class. Right. This felt like um, around a freshman in college who was trying to, to, to Phil's <laughs> point, because you're exactly right, trying to copy like the Jason Segal, Seth Rogen, James Jason, Franco. Yeah, Jason Segal would be a great, he's another one. Segal, yeah, not if, Segal. If, if, if that dude was in this movie, well, go look at what's the movie with him and Mila Kunis. Sarah Marshall. Forgetting, Sarah. forgetting, Sa- forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is that was a, great. So, great so you've got Knocked Up and Forgetting Sarah Marshall yes. are basically like the same concept Yes. done with more prominent and better lead actors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Dex, go ahead. All right, main takeaway. Uh, <laughs> first off, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm just going like, to... That's fine. It's one of my all-time... Yeah, fa- I saw this twice in theaters. <laughs> oh, my... Okay. This is also... You were you were probably, what, like a senior in high yeah. school when this came out? Yep. Yeah. So yep. so this this is your... Like, when I was a senior in high school, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days yes. was my jam. Uh, so you get, like, you get... You're so impressionable when you're 18. Totally. And it molds the next 10 years of your life. And it's right... It was right after... Like, even I can recognize the connection to the Knocked Up and Sarah Marshall. It's like the extreme... Not even diet. It's like the Coke Zero version of this movie. Like, there, there's diet, and then there's zero-calorie version. This is kind of that version of those movies. But my main takeaway is you crapped on Kirk not being able to get that girl. This is my life. <laughs> I am Kirk. Yeah, but dude, but but dude, no, you're, you're not. You're not, dude. I'm not Kirk you're, you're, at all. You're, right? you're no, a hundred times more confident. You have confidence. Yes, yes, yes. No, my yes, confidence is through the roof. Through the roof compared to that's Kirk. That's why you got great hair. Zero. Yeah. Oh, I have great hair too. You're better looking than Kirk. Gotta yeah. say. He that's has true. zero confidence. I get that though. But but I have always identified with him in this movie, and every time I see it, it brings me back to the same type of conclusions I run into. It's like, oh wow. How have I have outkicked my coverage, even with the relationships that haven't worked out? How have I usually always outkicked my coverage like this? I always identify with Kirk. I have a lot of good Kirk vibes. I'm not the same person. I, I can admit that. I, I am definitely way more confident than him. But my main takeaway is I have always identified with Kirk, and I love this film. Okay, two things. One, you're selling yourself short, young lad. Okay, we're here to the, – the, these are your sport. Your sports dad is here, your sports uh, stepdad or big brother, whatever. I think big brother. I don't know what to tell you. Rami was stepdad. It didn't work out, so <laughs> we fought a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the claw. Rami moved right. away. Yeah. So, so number one, you're too hard on yourself. But number two, when guys talk about 
because it's a big thing with guys like, oh, boy, you really outkicked your coverage yep. there, right? But you never hear a woman say that because guys have this misperception. Listen right. to me right now, like dating guru guy. Guys have this misperception that looks are the thing that women care about the most, but they don't. Mm-hmm. If women are making a list of things they care about, like, yeah, you can't look like Elephant Man, but, like, they want to know that you're confident. They want to know that you're pretty funny. They want to know that you're a good communicator. They want to know that even maybe before looks, they want to know that you're financially stable to some extent like you have a job like looks for men looks are like the number one thing and the second thing and the third thing and then we can talk about everything else after right because we're just like first level thinkers when it comes to dating so when like when you say you outkicked your coverage i don't know man let's go through the checklist again confidence humor money and good looks all right okay you're certainly not elephant man no you're an overly confident potentially like unwarranted unwarranted overly confident (laughs) guy right right yeah and you're funny. Like, you're a pretty funny dude. Like, you got one-liners. And so you actually check, like, two and a half or three of the main boxes for a woman being attracted to you, right? And that's what didn't make sense about this movie. This dude checked none of those boxes. And so, and, and he had no desires in life. Right. Yeah, he, had no, I, he had no I ambitions. Had, I had aspirations. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, you're you're not close. I, I see you, Declan, in high school. Probably be, being more part of like the American Pie type of group of people. Yes, not Shermanator. Not no, 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 not, but I, not, no, not Finch. But but I'm just, but I'm just. You're not Stifler that, though. No, you're kind of Jim. Has, you're you're, yeah. you're like a better looking Jim. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. But Jim was funny, and it was yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, no, I mean, you are not this guy. You are not this guy. It's a fine thing this is to say. But American sorry. Wedding was on a couple nights ago. That's a great movie and too. My God, Those that are whole great. franchise. Are we gonna? We got to get another sequel, right? Where they're like forty five year old adults and they have kids and stuff. Yeah, got to be close be, now, right? I think so. Yeah, make that thing happen. All right, uh, favorite part about this movie, Judd? Next category here. Okay, mine is. Not going to surprise you guys and be completely predictable, but that's fine. It was the hockey game itself, of course. And, but but then but then the most important part was the was the slap shot regatta in the yep. basement between Dylan and Kirk, yep. which by the way might be the in my opinion the best original scene in the film. Yes, like I didn't see it coming. Um, the the Dylan character I thought was hilarious. The obnoxious brother who's just a complete loser. Uh, but a loud mouth and swears constantly and like can't and and like challenges him to the slap shot r- regatta but loses. Why are you here? Are you a social worker? Yeah. <laughs> my brother, Dylan, his fiance, Debbie, and uh, my Marty and Ron. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is when you say hi, Molly. Who are you? She's Molly. Why is she here? Came with me. Did you hit her car or something? Jesus, no, but thank you for asking. Are you a social worker? Nope. Oh, sh**. Are we being evicted? No. Are you a hooker? Dylan. Or a prostitute, I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> are you... I love are that. you a social worker? worker? <laughs> that whole, that oh, whole scene, though, was, yeah. was, to me, probably the best scene. Because yep. it was actually... It, it actually had... Not a ton, but it had originality to how it yes. was thought out. Yes. And the slap shot regatta I thought was hilarious. No, you're right. Um, my favorite part of this movie was it was a tie between two things, both in the second half of the movie. I am a huge stan for Hall of Notes. And so the fact I that we had a Hall of Notes had, cover band. I wrote this down too for you. We had we had him sure. singing Kiss on My List. Uh, and, then, and then Kirk gets on the microphone. He's like, all right, we'll come back here and they'll play some more. Uh, some more uh, songs across different uh, bands from the 80s, and the guy shakes his head. Now he's, no. I guess, just Hall of Notes. I guess we're just playing Hall of adult, Notes. <laughs> adult education. Yep. What a great, great you would, cover You band. would actually pay good money, I feel like, to go see a Hall of Notes cover band. Uh, I, have, I have seen a Hall of Notes cover band, actually. I saw a Hall of Notes cover band in, Dul- in Duluth on the waterfront one time, I feel like. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'll say this. Okay, Hall & Oates is one of my all-time favorite bands. I did see them about three years ago at the XL Energy Center. Mm-hmm. They're oh. not throwing fastballs anymore. Mm-hmm. Daryl Hall, who's one of the greatest singers of all time, doesn't quite have the range. And they're just not meant to play in front of, like, fifteen or 20,000 yeah. people in an arena. Like, they don't – they're not running around. There's no, like, pyro. Like, they're just on stage jamming. So, I don't know, smaller venues. But so – so, the Hall of Notes cover band was definitely one of my favorite things. And then I love the scene toward the end where Kurt give he stands up on the airplane with his Branson, his corny Branson <laughs> sweatshirt on. 
and he gives the bleep you speech to everyone in his family and flicks all of them off and just like just cuts them down at the knees and then tries to get off the plane and she's like, "Yeah, sir, we've already like the plane is already about to take flight. Yeah, it'll be twenty five thousand dollar fine if you try to force your way off this plane." And then he has to just go sit back with his family. Yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> so I thought those were those are good scenes. Uh, two things. Number one, Slapshot Regatta 2. Judd is one of my all-time favorite parts. So one time in college, we actually, it wasn't just one time. We did this multiple times. We played Slapshot Regatta a lot in college at my friend's house. Because we love, my friends loved this movie. We literally set it up, put on couch cushions, baseball glove and everything. And we would, we put tape against the wall downstairs oh, in one, a disgusting, God. sticky college basement and played Slapshot Regatta all the time. It was it, it's a very it was a very normal thing we did at St. Cloud State. So yeah, Slapshot Regatta was absolutely life, and we actually applied it uh, outside of this movie. It is a hilarious scene. Um, love it. My other favorite part, I love. I just love the friend group because you get four really different guys here. Like T.J. Miller is like his best buddy in the raunchy, really like over the top in a Hollow Notes cover band, um, like kind of <laughs> similar to Kirk, but maybe just like more con- obviously just more confidence. Like he's pretty much the same guy as Kirk. Just he has a lot more confidence and a little funnier. Um, and then you have the dork. I, I, I'm forgetting on the, the name, but the, the bigger dork guy who actually is married and, like, gives the cheesy and corny advice. And then you have, like, just the good-looking friend who is kind of a bloof and, like, probably could be replaced in this movie. Like, he's very forgettable of, of, the, of the three friends. He's, like, the least important of, of them all. But I love how each one of them brings something different to the table to Kirk. And it's relatable to your friend group as well. So I think those those are my two favorite parts. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of another movie that is like this. What? Bill Hader and Amy Schumer. LeBron oh, James train is wreck. in it. Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bill, Bill Hader is kind of a, like, just like a nerdy. Yeah. He's like the nerdy. But, Bill Hader's great. But Bill Hader has a job working with LeBron James and some of the top athletes in the world. Yeah. Right. And so that kind of validates his status more than uh, this guy. All right, least favorite part about this movie, Judd. So this film basically went about itself as a very stereotypical guy film, like what guys do. Guys guys think that, you know, girls only judge them by looks, which is Phil said he's right, is not true. Um, but then there was one thing that went way off script, and quite frankly, like I know that they were trying to go probably against type here, but it doesn't make sense. So let me get this straight. Kirk is about to get the opportunity to consummate, consummate the relationship with Molly. And now I understand, I understand that they could have come up with some stereotypical problems for, for him that would have stopped that from happening. But instead he sees that she has the webbed foot and freaks out completely and ends and basically ends the night and ends the opportunity. And he yeah. walks out that Made, made no sense. No sense. No guy would now. Now would that happen to a woman who's upset? Maybe I don't know. Can't speak for them since I'm a guy. But I could tell you right now, it made no sense that that would cause him. Like he's so mad and so up in his own feelings that that's when he's going to storm out after all of that. I it I just can't buy it. Yeah, the, that whole thing was super weird. Guys, uh, guys have consummated relationships for a lot less. So I, I, it, it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty ridiculous. That whole scene is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you're that age, and you've got that opportunity, and now you're gonna, you're lying in the sand as well. You're, you are too perfect. What? Yeah. I mean, you've already made it this far, man. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Dude. Right. And she even calls him for having major self-esteem issues. Like, yeah. That would have been a, this. Uh, his self-esteem would have, like, it, it would have ended the interactions. She would have sensed it in the first thirty seconds of them interacting at that. Actually, that brings me into my least favorite part of this movie. It's a good segue. The whole, like the whole premise of how they came together in the first place. So she loses her phone at the airport, and then her friend calls it random, like just tries to see if somebody's going to pick up the phone, right? And he picks up the phone. Um, And so, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he wouldn't have, like, when he shows up at that party, he he wouldn't have remembered or known that her name was Molly. Like it was just a random person, or did he know that it was her no. phone specifically? Well, num- yes, she did because uh, when she leaves the phone in the bin, he gives her her boarding pass and says, "Oh, Molly," and she says, "Oh, thanks, Kirk." Got it. So okay. the, the name okay. interactions there, and obviously she's a very noticeable looking woman. So yes, I think he would have remembered her even going into an so, Arcadia a day later. 
so beyond that, here's where this transaction and interaction would have ended in real life. Like none of this would have happened. Like you would have just, hey, can you just leave it with airport security and I'll go back to the airport and get it? Like you would never invite random TSA agent guy to a party, right? Like, but let's let's suspend that disbelief and say, all right, now that he's at the party with the phone and shows up, he shows up in his full TSA gear. He's given off super weird, like insecure, kind of creepy vibes. And his friend is super weird. She politely offers them a couple drinks, just like, hey, can I at least get you a couple drinks? Mm-hmm. At that point, the interaction is over. Like, the transaction's over. Everything about it is over. You got my phone back. I got you guys a couple drinks and your friend a couple drinks. You're giving off kind of a weird vibe. And there's all these other, like, former athletes and good-looking guys all around, right? But no, she feels bad that they got kicked out of the party because whatever, like they didn't pass the smell test and and then offers them penguins tickets. And like at no point did it make sense that she was attracted to him, I guess, is my least favorite part of this movie. It didn't add up. At least it knocked up. Well, oops, she's pregnant. (laughs) I guess this is now a forced interaction that we have to go through with for the rest of the movie, right? Right. This was not a forced interaction. This was like an opt-in interaction that didn't make any sense after the party was over. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Dex? Uh, my least favorite part, uh, Marnie and the pirate. Just the, just the fact that, and you could, you could probably even put this in least believable because it doesn't make any damn sense, uh, but the fact that an ex-girlfriend of his is basically not just like, be one thing if she was maybe adopted into the family. Like maybe 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 it was an amicable split and, and you guys had like a decent relationship and she's still part of the family. I could see that. I, I, that doesn't make some sense to me. But the fact like her new boyfriend is now also part of the family, and he was also still going on the hilarious Branson trip together. I, I despise their dynamic. It is fu- There are some funny scenes with her when she's obviously trying to like live up to the same level of being a 10 as Molly, like at dinner and at the, at the pool scene and whatnot. But you know she's just the worst human being. She's literally terrible. All of her friends hate her. It's, it's, that, that part is also relatable when you have your friends that absolutely despise a girl that you're still chasing after. Like That definitely exists as well. Um, but Marnie and the Pirate are easily my least favorite part of this entire do, movie. Do we ever get a clear explanation for why she was living with his parents still? Other than just like, oh, yeah, we still kind of adore her. Like, uh, that was weird. Uh, she, she says at the beginning uh, when he gives her that terrible earring gift thing, you know, with the heart-shaped, yeah. the heart-shaped jewelry. Uh, she says to him, like, you know, like, I'm not close with my family, and I'm very thankful that your family has basically adopted me as one of their own. So, like, that was kind of the cut-and-dry answer. There was no other substance to it, but that was basically the reason. She just said she wasn't close to her family and her fam- and his family, being the terrible family that they mostly are, just included her into the family after the breakup. But they had a swimming pool, so that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was very In Pittsburgh, which, pool. by the way, I would imagine that you wouldn't have a swimming pool if you, unless you were super wealthy in Pittsburgh, but that's just going to be my guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're on to least believable part of this movie. Okay. Another Molly and Kirk scene. So they're making out on the couch and it starts to get and it starts to get hot and heavy. And that's great. Like I totally get that. That's good. Good scene so far. But then not surprisingly, Kirk has an accident because he gets a little excited. Molly's very, very attractive, and he's not, you know, I mean, this is first time in a long time for him. Totally get that. But then the subsequent it's supposed to be funny, but the subsequent thing where her her Mom and dad and sister come to pick up the dog un- and surprise them and knock on the door and come in. And Kirk is there, like, trying to hide the fact that he's had an a- accident. And it gets t- to the point where they decide to have Mr. Pickles, the dog, go and try and lick Kirk's pants. And throughout all of this, Molly has no idea what's going on. Like the fact that she she's like, why why did you leave like that? Why didn't you wouldn't even shake yeah. my dad? Okay, okay. She, she would think at how can I say this without being too graphic? At the very least, she would think that he needed a few minutes to uh, get a little less excited, right? right. Like at the very least. But, but like, let's say she was just stupid, which I think her character was not supposed to be stupid. But let's just say she was stupid and dense. When Mister Pickles goes and licks Mr. Kirk's pants, like Mr. you, Pickles. you would figure out, oh, something's happened here. You know, Kirk's got some problems. 
not why wouldn't you shake my dad my dad's hand it was they were trying so hard to go for the laughs at times that i think they didn't really think you know what this isn't really funny because we're selling the we're selling characters that we want the public to buy into really short yeah and i think you know that scene this is a perfect example of how a, a better actor would have improved his way into just a better version of that scene right like they they needed some sort of along came Polly kind of like Ben Stiller with the you know ben, what? St- ben Stiller would have been another that's uh what's the Ben Stiller franchise where he's with his wife and he's kind of a goofy uh and and he's and the family hates him you know you tried to milk Jinxie the cat meet, meet the parents, parents right yeah parents. but but like like along came Polly where he's got the you know he's got the uh what you call it hanging from his earlobe like you needed some sort of funny stamp okay. on that scene you just hit it though. I think in in production and going through this film, the guy that played Kirk would have said, this is not plausible. Like both him and the Molly characters would have said, this doesn't work. It's not that it's not it's a bad idea. And a guy like Stiller would have said, we either need to rewrite it or act it out differently. Uh, Something about Mary, the scene where he's got. The supposed hair gel. That's what. I, that's the movie I was thinking. Right, of. but yeah. I mean, think about how funny that was because it was so over the top. Like there was no like trying to explain it or anything. It was just this hilariously gross scene, but it was great. So I think you're right. I think that if these actors and the people who did the film, like somebody should have said, this makes no sense. There's a better version of this. Let's you know, yeah, follow let's, my lead here. We needed yeah, we needed a Tom exactly. Hanks thespian to come in and be like, no, 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 no. We're gonna re- re- rewrite you know this on the fly. What's, I didn't I didn't give that thought, but you're exactly right. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, for me, the least believable part was when Kirk is, let's say, uh, mowing the lawn for the first time in a long time. Yes. Right? Yeah. And he has his buddy yeah. do it for him. Yeah, yeah that would just. No, that's what I'm very yeah. comfortable with some of my friends, like extremely comfortable. <laughs> that would never go. That would that would that would never be a go for me. Zero chance. Zero chance. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't it, make sense. Yeah. No, it, no. And and like I, I love the I love how they imply that when the friend does it, it's more comfortable. Like he's supposed to be, that would be hurting himself by accident. But oh. now your friend who. It, yeah, you're I'm right. I'm a trusting guy. I'm a trusting guy, yeah. but I have limits. I wouldn't have anybody – I wouldn't have – just to be clear, from my own personal standpoint, I wouldn't have anybody do that for me. I, no I, don't, know if I, I don't know if I'd want anyone in the house while I'm doing it, quite frankly. Correct. Exactly. Right? Correct. Well, like, all right, not – and I, I don't want to – we don't want to get too far down the road. But I do know people, maybe myself included – who are scared to take a real razor down there, and he oh, takes a real razor down there, and he Absolutely. has no idea what he's doing. So yeah. it can be a little daunting and scary of putting, as he said, I, I'm, when I'm shaving my face, I don't have these bleep hanging off my face. So, I'll tell you, this is a really good time to tell the audience two things. One, we still have a couple openings for advertisers on this show. If you're interested, send an email to pmackey at scorenorth.com. And two, if Manscaped is listening, we have an opening yes, for you on this show to talk about your product. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you can start with my back, but let's. I, I <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, least believable for Declan. Yeah. Um, two things. Number one, Molly's profession. Molly's perfect. It doesn't make any. So she she's like she supposedly is a lawyer or is attorney or is going to law school to take take the exams and be a lawyer like her dad wants her to. But now she's like this secret event planner, which is like a plausible um, profession. Like that makes sense. But the fact that her parents have no idea she's been doing this and just her runaround of like how she explains how she got there just kind of is weird. She like was an intern at a law firm and then all of a sudden she planned the event party and now she's just in eventing. She's just in eventing, and she has this exquisite hotel. And, and look, I'm, all those people do probably make good money, but the money's like few and far between because you're just basically planning what maybe like a dozen events, if that, in a year. So just her profession and her like her amazing apartment, like she probably comes from some wealth. So I'm sure there is like yeah. quote unquote daddy's money involved to that to a degree. But just her profession to me makes zero sense throughout the film. Like Kirk is just a dead end guy working TSA, and she's like this exquisite event planner who could be a lawyer. Like what? Would you even have to? If she's going through law school, would she have time to also be an event planner? It seems like a lot. A I lot think to she put had, on her plate. I thought she had put law school on hold or quit. Yeah, she did. That she explained okay. to Kirk, and then Perfect. and then took on the event planner job. 
But the thing off Declan's point, too, is, and so it's Kirk that has to suggest to her that for her sister's 21st birthday, she throw a party. Like, if you're an event planner, yeah. you really wouldn't think of that. I was going to have her out for dinner. Yeah. Uh, maybe it, maybe she's just a gap. Maybe she's just an idiot, and that's why she's with Kirk. She's maybe that's maybe but we're I mean, overthinking this entire movie. Maybe she's you might, just an idiot. You might be right. You I, might be right. I'll, also, another like a least believable thing, and my other second least believable thing that I just I didn't write down, but I'm just thinking of now. But like when you meet someone's ex, or when you hear of someone's ex, you might there might be some like intimidation and like some like eggshell walking thin ice situations. But I would never take advice for like when he gives her the advice like, hey, be careful with the web feet. I could give a bleep what that dude thinks about her. Like she's with me now and I don't care what the hell happened with you two. Like that yeah. would never cross my mind to like take his advice into the relationship he, now. I agree. OK, I'm going to defend him again here. He tells he tells Kirk it's a, a deformity and he doesn't say what. And that's where find Kirk, out for yourself. And that, but that's where Kirk holds out hope that she has something really wrong that will equal like sure. his his shortcomings, um, so to speak. OK, no and, pun intended. And then, and then finally, the, the air. This is classic. The airport runaround scene, like the classic airport runaround scene that would never happen in an airport. Getting her through security right away, going around the gates. Hopping on, you know, one of the tram carts, just like that classic, ridiculous, over-the-top airport scenes, which do ex- kind of exist in these kind of goofy comedy movies. So least believable, dude. So least believable. Uh, multiple felonies, I feel multiple. like, were committed during that scene. Yes. Uh, all right. The cheesiest part, Judd Zolgan? So the entire end yeah, is clearly, but I'm going to stick on one part. So so to what Declan's saying, there are... There are parts that are cartoonish and make no sense, but you'll give the you'll give the leeway to the film because you know it's supposed to be a cartoon, right? And and that one guy is gonna beat up his boss if he won't let him on. And like, yeah, it's not plausible, but I sort of get that. But here's where the writing again sort of fell short and and it's really weird. Among the cheesiest part at the end, I think the cheesiest part is the very last scene. Yeah. Where he has been taking flying lessons, and now he's going to pilot a small plane to Cleveland from <laughs> Pittsburgh, which is not far. But my point is, that would be, if this was really well written, that would be a thread in the film where, like, halfway through, he starts to just take flying lessons. Build and some so, like, confidence. He's, exactly. Like the character, like give the character a chance. Like if they had done that and he had built confidence and just even slightly changed, I Phil, I think that your argument about his confidence would sort mm-hmm. of go away then because mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, okay, he started off as a complete just drip. But then, but then he starts to build confidence. She helped him find his thing, and exactly. then he became confident, and then they got back but, together. But to, like, but, hi, just hire us. Go. This isn't hard. Come on. Put them in a, but to put them in a plane at the very end and be like, oh, now, and he, he's like, I've been doing this on the side. So what? No. Like, that, that should have been – you could have easily made that even a small thread halfway through the film to sort of have us buy into – Oh, okay. He's starting to evolve and change, and instead, it's just like this. Well, I've been doing it on the side, and no one saw it. Yeah, super weird. Super uh, weird. For me, least or the the cheesiest part was their first kiss in the car. Where all right, we're oh, the seatbelt, the, seat the classic seatbelt. Oh, looks like it looks like it's kind of stuck, and all oh, our heads happen to be down here close together, and now we're gonna you, kiss awkwardly. It's you, like, you've pulled right. the seatbelt move back in your youth. You've pulled <laughs> yeah. the seat. Someone. Oh pulled. man, looks oh, like man. actually. Actually, my favorite one is, oh, uh, I left something in the glove compartment over yeah, exactly. here. Yeah. Right. That's right. Hey, did, right I dro- ah. did, I drop some- did I drop something on the passenger side? God. Kissy, kissy. That was really creepy right there. <laughs> All right, Dex, really cheesiest part uh, for you. Yeah, cheesiest part, the, just the lame ending, uh, both the pilot part and just, like, their whole, you know, how they finally reconcile in the airport and how, like, also the family – is like now all in. Like if you notice in the background, like the mom and dad and even the idiot brother, they're all like, "Oh, this is so cute." They're getting back together after Kirk just told them off. Like just yeah. literally said, "You are all outside of mom, the worst pu- human beings all on the planet." And like now all of a sudden they're all they're all into it. Um, and then also like I think it's cheesy. Just the fact she has webbed feet. Like they they tried to make off this thing of it being a, a defect and a problem, and she has webbed feet. Like that's it. It was it's absurd. 
doesn't make any sense. Now, and, the, and the feet weren't even that webbed. They were yeah. just kind of. It looked like just yeah. like, and honestly, it looked like just like the first two toes were webbed. Yeah, like that was yeah. it. Uh, that that looked to me like a really cheap makeup job too, right? Okay, she's got webbed feet. Okay, let's get someone who could put a small web into her foot so it'll look real. Yeah. I want to give just uh, – there There are no production notes for this movie because there weren't, like, enough prominent things. You know, there's no, like, big write-ups. But uh, I do want to shout out one other scene, the bowling alley scene where they get into that confrontation with the guy yeah. who's wearing the full-on bowling shirt and, the <laughs> like, the bowling glove or the wrist, whatever you call that thing. And I just, like, Judd and I have talked about this theme for years on our show. Guys who take recreational sports way too seriously. Yeah. The softball teams that have the full $200 uniforms and have signs for the third base yes. coach, right? Yes. The bowling leagues where guys have you know, all the equipment. It's like, all right, if you're going to roll a 300, I can get with it. If you're there to, to roll a 120, dr- drink a beer and put a T-shirt on, okay? Just calm down. So that whole scene. And then... Oh yeah, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and roll? And then he <laughs> and as the guy's about to bowl, uh what's his name? TJ Miller yeah. in real life. Yep, TJ Miller. Takes a bowling ball just and just <laughs> chucks it at his ball. Like, that was pretty funny. I enjoyed that scene. Yeah. It's just my swing, bro. Yeah. That softball guy. I can't help it. I just hit bombs, man. All Sorry. this all this bleeping noise in here and my buddy next to you, you can't bowl. Yeah, it's great. Well, yeah, you 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 were in my side path. The one thing that I, I think became intriguing about the um about the characters as well and how they cast them and it's very clear in in really good films like this how difficult this is but it's the difference between sort of lovable and doofusy but yet believable mm-hmm. and just flat out creepy <laughs> because kirk at times was just creepy like like if, if you had if yes. you had cast if, if you had said he, he went from from this film to being um a serial killer i'd buy that like the voice like every like a lot of stuff that they had him do that they thought was funny yeah dude, was sort of a, just creepy there's a dateline nbc special on yes the, the the sequel of this movie but, I mean, is Phil, narrated by by keith morrison on to your point NBC. about like rogan or, or or cusack back in the, the day who played this character perfectly and you think about like what did, what did you appreciate about how they played the character they never really came off to me as creepy. They were confident. They yeah. had like a they had like a weird but a cute confidence, right? Yes. Like a yeah. like an adorable, lovable confidence. This guy was like, dude, you have a knife in your like back pocket or something. <laughs> sort of scare me. It's true. All right, let's get to the two main ranking categories here. So we're looking for the definitive relationship ranking here, one through ten, and their criteria is simple. It's just on screen chemistry between the two leads. So to this point, we've done seven rom-com rewinds. Hitch and Sarah from Hitch are the top couple on screen that we've reviewed so far, 8.8 out of 10. Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly from You've Got Mail at an 8.3, tied with Benjamin Barry and Andy Anderson from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 8.3. Lucy and Jack from While You Were Sleeping, a 7. Ben and Lindsay from Fever Pitch, a 6.7. Melanie and Redneck Jake from Sweet Home Alabama, a 6.2. And Sam and Annie from Sleepless in Seattle, who basically were never on screen together, a 3.3. So we'll start with Judd here. Kirk and Molly in She's Out of My League, 1 through 10. They are getting a very low 2 from me. Oh! I didn't buy it. I didn't really... I didn't... It just... It never... Even between the um, actors themselves, it didn't feel really that plausible. Um, I'm giving them a two where I will defend the film a little bit though, is say this. I thought the friends were like an eight. <laughs> like I liked his yeah, they're, friends. They're, like I, they're close. like I believed, I believed that I bought into to that. And it seemed like those guys as actors all, all sort of gelled. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give them a two. I, I felt both on screen and off screen that this didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were more generous than I, my friend. It's a one for me, dog. It's a one, one. for me. There, there's a lot of things about this movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. The relationship yeah. between these two was not plausible, and the on-screen chemistry was basically zero. Like it was just, it was like two people reading lines to each other the whole yeah. movie. That yeah. was my take on it. So uh, it's a one for me, Declan. Oh, I beat you. Go ahead and try and save it. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> right. No, I will. I mean, even even how much I love this film, they're awkward as hell together. Um, it's it's not as comfortable as our other guys. I I had six. I had six out of ten. 
thinking you mm-hmm. guys would have like a four or five. Did not think it'd be one or two. Um, I had six out of ten. Even though there's awkwardness, there's still obviously a connection between the two. And I know that she's dating him because he's safe. And then he's a little awkward because she knows that she is, quote, out of his league. Uh, but I, 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 I do think when they're together, there's cute moments. They, get, they, they, they do vibe well. I thought it was a 6 out of 10. It's a far from a perfect or above average chemistry, but I thought 6 out of 10, so that was my score. Part of my logic is I can't in good conscience put Kirk and Molly ahead of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in Sleepless in Seattle. I just can't do it. Like Even though they, was, they weren't on screen together very often, mm. they were on screen enough at the end and had enough chemistry to where they have to be above Kirk and Molly for my ranking. So uh, Kirk and Molly are a 3 and Sam and Annie are a 3.3. So I think that's probably about where. Now let's get to the full movie, which might be different here. So the, the movie in its entirety, 1 through 10. Uh, criteria, we're just looking for entertainment value. Hitch is a 9. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 8.8. You've Got Mail, 7.7. While You Were Sleeping, 7.3. Sleepless in Seattle, 7.2. Fever Pitch, 6.3. And Sweet Home Alabama at the bottom at a 6. Judd? I'm giving it a 4. I I did not hate it. Now, I thought it could have been... If, if there had been a commitment more to the script and the actors, and, and I feel that there had been more chemistry with the film itself, and I mean before they roll. I mean, like, you know, this doesn't make sense, let's do this. This thing could have been a seven, but I'm giving it a four because I really felt like I didn't hate it, but it, it could have been way better and maybe maybe if you recast kirk like to go go back now if they had found if they had tested kirk and been like you're okay but you're not great and 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 your friends are fine those friends were fine uh but we're gonna go find somebody who's just a little notch above you that makes the the viewer buy into it but they didn't and again the fact kirk came off as flat out creepy hurts it to me so for um yeah i mean we will at some point we will get to I'm sure similar movies with the actors that you're talking about like we'll probably do knocked up at some point. It's a six point five for me, like tons of flaws. It's hard for me to get past the implausibility of like why they're even interacting with each other beyond <laughs> the phone exchange. Uh, but there's enough funny things in here. I I thought about even going seven, but now we're getting into like. Now we're getting into like, all right, you've got male territory, which is a 7.7. So I'm trying to slot this a little bit. Uh, I, if this movie were on TV, I would stop. I might not like it's I'm not in Declan's mindset of it's one of my all time favorite movies by any means. Um, but it was enjoyable enough. I laughed several times and I love this type of rom-com. So it's a 6.5 for me. For me, it's an eight. It's an eight out of ten. I I love this movie. It's far from perfect. You do, don't apo- don't need to apologize. Oh, I man. will not. I certainly <laughs> will not it. apologize. Uh, but I I've, <laughs> I I do love this movie. I told you I saw it twice in theaters. Anytime it, it it's available on like a streaming site that I pay for, I will have to stop and watch it. It's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some flaws to it, but it's goofy. It's right up my alley. That came out when I was in high school. There's some nostalgia factor in there. It's an eight. It's an eight for me. It's an eight out of ten. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and so that makes it – It's so Sweet Home Alabama remains the worst one that we have reviewed. And then She's Out of My League just above it at a 6.2, just below Fever Pitch at a 6.3. That's very so, fair. That's very I, fair. And I will say again, even though I was harsh on the relationship rankings, I am very glad that we did this movie because it, it really gave us a chance to speak to that average normal guy. These are the four things you need if you want to land a woman like that, all right? Be funny. Be confident. Go get some money and go get some plastic surgery to look better. Like those are the four things you need. And yeah, don't act like this. I do like the fact that that to me though, this falls. This is the perfect film for us to do. Like yeah. these are the films 100%. we want. Yeah, because we don't want uh, like some of them are just too damn good. This is this this had enough flaws to actually make it fun yeah. to dissect it. There almost needs to be like a third meta category where we rank it based on how well it fits with what we're trying to do on the movie review series. And this would that, be about a nine. It, it, I was going to say, it's like a nine, yeah. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts before we uh, pick the next movie here? I, I, yeah. I got, I got, I got, I got oh, three for you here. Oh, oh the one thing, Declan, I loved it, 
but when they're in the bar before the Penguins game, yeah. Chelsea Dagger. Yeah, Come on, I, Chelsea I, Dagger. I, 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 I know. Why do you hate Chelsea Dagger? It's because it, number one, he reminds me of two of my least insufferable fan bases in the University of North Dakota. Okay, they play that. That's their goal song. The university, like I, I don't get down with the Gophers. I don't get down with a lot of college sports. But we all can agree North Dakota is the worst. That's 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 my that's my common ground with all my friends who are Big Ten friends. Whether okay. they go to Wisconsin, Iowa, or the Gophers, we all can agree the University of North Dakota is the worst. I don't like the okay. I don't like UND. And then the Blackhawks, they use it as well. Obviously, there, there's some. I've gotten right. a little bit over my hatred of the Blackhawks as I've gotten older and a little wiser. But just yeah. it, it reminds me of hell. It reminds me of being in hell when I hear that song. <laughs> this film, if we ranked this, and possibly we should, if we ranked music, yeah, I think this wins. Yeah, it's good music. Yeah, the music there's in this a, film is actually notes, Weezer, really yeah, a lot of stuff in the here. Fray. Actually, yep, let the me fray. let me look up the soundtrack real quick yeah. here. Yeah, there's some really. This was like uh, very very much my iPod video playlist. Cal Bachman uh, that I was She's so high. So, yeah. That was that's a, that was a sneaky good little. That's actually a good song. Little tile there. I like yeah. that song. So uh, she's out of my league soundtrack. IMDb. Let's see here. Yeah, there's Weezer. Oh in yeah, there. Carry On My Wayward Son. Yep. Chelsea yeah, Dagger. Uh, Say What You Want by Ali D. Ali D had a few songs in here. Over My Head. Over My Head by by. Uh, which the fray. Snow, the fray. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get Snow Patrol and the Fray mixed They're up. They're pretty much the same. same. I saw Snow Patrol once with Don. Yeah, really. At Prince's uh, old nightclub. Oh wow, cool! Oh, uh, "Hot Girls in Love" by Loverboy. Yeah, you had a big eclectic. That was a mix good song. A good point. Jeff. This would this would win our soundtrack. A couple hall original scores every time you go away. Original score ranking. Mac, the Mackie and Judd yeah. original we'll score, score rankings. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so, this was about a nine in my opinion, maybe a ten for next week. I would I would love to do at least one more rom com here. I think we're on sure. a roll here, and we've got a fun little list. So. Here are three, three options for uh, next week for you. Mm-hmm. My best friend's wedding. Mm. She's all that. Mm-hmm. And Fifty First Dates. I like all those movies. I've seen Fifty First Dates probably the most. I would. I would. Uh, I would rather do one. Lean of the first heavily two. toward my best friend's wedding. Yeah, here. I'd lean oh, on the first a... two. Superstar, like it's Cameron Diaz. Yep. It's I will warn Ju- Julia Roberts. I will warn you right now. I'm coming with the despicable human being fastball again on that one. Why? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. A terrible human being. Let's let's do it. Okay. My best friend's wedding. My best friend. Okay, hold on. I Somewhere in, I think it was like late nineties. Yep, ninety seven. I saw it in the theater. 152. 152. Despicable person. Yeah, Julia Roberts, probably, her agent probably said, if this is a 90-minute rom-com, my gal's going to need 20 more minutes of screen time. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. Get so let's make, her as hateable as, let's make her as hateable <laughs> as possible. All right. So my best nice. friend's wedding for next Friday. Uh, watch along with us and uh, consume these. If you're ever wondering... Oh, I just discovered these Mackie and Jeb movie reviews every Friday going back like 15 months. Just go back and find any Friday episode of Mackie and Judd, and you can find all of our rom-com rewinds, action movie rewinds, sports movie rewinds. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. You know what, Kurt? Maybe you're right. Maybe you are a five. You know why? No self-esteem. Deduct a point. Every time someone walks into a room, you compare yourself to them. Deduct a point. You're a smart and talented guy who's afraid to do anything with it. Deduct a point. Um, how are we doing? Oh, oh, yeah. Hoping that I have a defect that you can work with? Deduct whatever's left. I'm out of here. Web f***ing feet. Are you kidding me? Kirk!